You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. Jesus appeared to the eleven and said to them, Go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you who are participating each have your own angle on the readings today that are so rich. We have really the the closing lines of the Gospel of Mark, and we have one of the accounts of the conversion of Saul. We have it from chapter 22 of the Acts of the Apostles. There's another one that's a little longer um, in chapter 9. So there's two in the Acts of the Apostles. And then there's another one in the letter to the Galatians where Paul is telling his story as well. And <clears throat> this one we read is, the, is the, a little shorter than the one in chapter 9. And this is in chapter 22. And... I would just maybe suggest a couple of different tracks or uh, thoughts that come together, just like little spots, and you follow the line you want because it's an amazing thing. First of all, for us, he's a local. He was born, okay, in present-day Turkey. Uh, He was born as a Roman citizen. That came out later on in other situations. Uh, He was absolutely Jewish. He had studied in Jerusalem. Uh, he went from Jerusalem to Damascus, and Damascus is, is just uh, closer to us than Jerusalem. There used to be a farmer here in the, uh, here in the area who's, uh, who would take in his truck vegetables from here to Damascus. And the next day he would take vegetables in his truck to Beirut, and then he would go to Jerusalem or Tel Aviv with vegetables. And this was uh, not so long ago, you know. Uh, I think still in my lifetime, although I didn't know the man and I, I just heard the story. So uh, it was, it's not that difficult today, obviously, because of the politics and all the conflicts. It's a different story about the accessibility. But so he was in this area. And some people here, it's interesting, uh, Jewish guides, they tend to suggest sometimes that Paul, and there are scholars, obviously, who make these theories founded Christianity. And that's very uh, inaccurate because obviously Christianity comes from Christ, from Jesus Christ. And then because he developed the theology so much, uh, he's credited with founding it. But there was one of the deep principles in him was that he was very conscious of handing on what he had received. So that doesn't speak of the founder of it, that he developed the thought and the implications of it because of his gifted uh, nature and his great formation and his own work and commitment 
And openness to God is another part. You know, that's how that came to, like, the seed came to great fruition. You know, the seed that bore a hundredfold. We can maybe say a thousandfold in, in Saul. So, uh, so you could think about that, or you could think about the Christians in Damascus, and they're scared. How many times are we scared in life about different things? And we're in God's hands. And God has a bigger picture. Maybe we were scared during COVID. Maybe we were scared because of some financial disaster. Maybe we were scared, and things can happen, obviously. There's, the scares don't come from nowhere, but we can be above scares. And Paul himself lived above scares. I mean, he was punished so severely uh, whipped and stoned and left for dead and many times he gives an account of those and it, it, there was one account that fascinates me to this day he was stoned, they threw stones at him like he saw happening to Stephen and when they had gone away and things were quieted down he got up, shook off the dust and kept walking and teaching <laughs> even for the next town to preach what type of, of transformation had happened in him to give him that freedom, that, that strength, that determination, that, that love as well, because he did it with a tremendous passion of love. Uh, it's, it's extraordinary. Um, we can see how God surprises us. We make so many calculations about people. If, if you got a what's up from God now to go someplace to teach, you know, who would you not teach to? Who would you exclude? And I think none of the Christians at this time would have, they'd run away from him. But there's also a moment of grace in people's lives. We can't make it happen. It's a moment of grace. There's a huge grace working in Paul, but there's also a huge grace working in each one of us. Because we couldn't say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. So that means we have that grace of the Holy Spirit to be able to say, Jesus Lord. Another thought that's very worth very much um, penetrating is the call that came to him. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you? So he's like in this state of of uh, complete shock. I am Jesus the Nazarene whom you are persecuting. So this means that everyone who is in Christ through baptism is completely identified with Christ. That's, that's very powerful to think about, that you, each one of us, is baptized we are in the mystery of Christ. Christ is in us. There is a union that exceeds marriage. And marriage is a, a, a pale reflection of it because the Christ is the groom and the church is his bride. And the union between Christ and the church, I am the vine and you are the branches. You know, these, these images are very powerful. And they help to us to realize who we are. 
I don't know if this is a bit risky or dangerous to say it like this, but we have the notion of people who are possessed by the demon. And then the demon is expelled from them. Imagine that we are filled with God. And that God takes personally everything that's done to us. And this should also already apply from creation when we're made in his image and likeness. But there's a filling of our lives, uh, um, a fulfilling, because uh, if we're the image, we have a capacity to be filled. We communicate what we're imaging. There's an extraordinary communion between the image and the reality, let's say, that way. And God is the big reality, the founding reality, and we're an image. And then that in this work of redemption that we're brought into this community, even received the Eucharist. That brings to great uh, physical tangibility and visibility the union we have through baptism. So there's an awful lot more we can continue thinking about here. I would say also the gospel passage where we carry out the psalm, go out to all the world and tell the good news. And Jesus is sending them out and they go out with such a strength. And they're all martyrs, all these guys. <laughs> you know, it's amazing to see this, a fullness of gift that's given to all of these uh, disciples and apostles and the union they have with Christ, the vine and the branches, and the gift and legacy they leave in their church. Some are known and some are not known. Some write major contributions and others don't. It doesn't matter, those are secondary aspects. What's inside is the union, the holiness of life, the sanctification of the world, the redemption of mankind. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.